Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 97. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Mark E. Basie. The LA-based R&B artist has just released his gorgeous third record, entitled Little Men. In today's episode, we're speaking with Mark about running his own label, working with Sid from the internet, and the pros of having a collection on vinyl. Here we go. Our guest today is a singer and songwriter from San Francisco, who now calls LA home. After starting his own label, New Gold Medal Records, he's recently released his third studio album, which is entitled Little Men. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Mark E. Basie. Good afternoon, sir. How are we? Doing great. Thank you for saying my name correctly. People don't always do that. Yeah. How how often does it get butchered? It gets butchered sometimes, man. It happened today. I'm still recovering. My ego is rebuilding <laughs> itself right now. I'm sorry to hear that. I, th- I, I thought that was that. the main thing I can do is obviously learn learn the name. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. The, uh, Thank you. For, for real, right? Thank you. <laughs> uh, the new record, Little Men, is out now. Um, yes. It must be a very exciting time for yourself. It's very exciting. The record just came out. It's like the top 10 on Spotify right now, like album-wise, um, for like the albums that came out this week. So, you know, we're independent. We do all this ourselves. So it's cool to see it streaming and, you know, making its little its little dent in the in the world. Of course. I was going to touch on this a bit later, but the fact you've already addressed it, you guys, um, you are an independent artist, which I imagine has a whole kind of different subset of both pros and cons with releasing music. It does. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's been much more lucrative in every way. Uh, I think for us, you know, um, a lot. Of, it's it's pretty wild how niche artists can be nowadays. But I've kind of been one of those artists that operates still like a major label artist. Like we try to make songs that are going to stream really well. You know, it's it's a lot about a lot of my thing is based on streaming touring. Um, I don't get like too much festival, you know, work. I don't get too much, uh, like syncs and stuff opportunities. So I'm pretty much do what most of the bigger artists do in terms of where our focus is. So to be able to compete, uh, is a lot of fun and to be able to keep your streaming money is also a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) <laughs> which we never got to do when we were on major labels. So it's it's cool. It definitely is more difficult in terms of promotion, um, but we're getting better every time. 
And, you know, we really do, we don't have the same resources monetarily, but outside of that, we can do everything that anyone can do. Um, so it's, it's just as much of an exercise in being an entrepreneur, uh, and being resourceful as it is a musician. And I like both of those aspects of my job. So it's cool. Of course, that's very, very cool. Um, the the label that you're operating under is your own label, which is New Gold Metal. You know everything, man. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever find <laughs> that being, I guess, both your own label boss and the artist can sometimes like um, you'll be in two minds about one decision, if that makes sense? You kind of find yourself... Well, I've, I've kind of put myself around, you know, people that are good counterpoints for me. So... I'll usually want to spend all the money on creative and then people on the other side that work with me will want to not do that. And we meet in the middle. I mean, it was the same way I had this, I had this same temperament and attitude when I was on a major label, I would still, I would fight with him about the same stuff. I was difficult for them to work with. I didn't want to do what they told me to do. And I tried though, I tried to be easy to work with and I still wasn't, it's just not in my nature. Um, I don't like people telling me what to do and I especially don't like them telling me I can't do something that's just making me going to make me want to do it that much more. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, there, there was something about being at a major label where it was like, they talk down to you, you know, when you're up, they talk up to you. But when you're not, if you don't have a hit currently on the radio, they're like, Oh, like you're going to figure it out. And it's just, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't want to hear that from, you know, from people working in an office, like when I'm out there actually doing it. So I think the way we've set up our label is just every bit as uh, efficient. And I mean, it's smarter. We're, you know, I think we have something special that we're building and I'm sort of the guinea pig, but the whole team around me is really strong and forward thinking. And so I, I'm kind of excited for what we'll become. And I think, uh, you know, my PMD had like over a hundred million streams total, which was our first, our first one. And I think, uh, even just, it's not like a huge deal, but to be a, one of the biggest albums that comes out on Spotify for your first, you know, week or whatever as an independent, there's no other independence on there. So it's cool. A hundred percent, man. You're, you're killing it. The album is, um, it is fantastic. The, thank you. The name Little Men, to my understanding, comes from a Buddhist or Zen kind of um, uh, practice, I want to say, like of little mind and big mind. Is that right? (laughs) That's absolutely right. I can't believe you know that. Um, So, yeah, little mind and big mind is just an idea of uh, the little mind is the ego, you know, worried about what's inside this human shell right here. And the big mind is you know, your, your mind connected to the universe and being of service. Um, and little men is a lot of the themes on the album had to do with ego and a lot of like, you know, comparing yourself to other artists living in Hollywood and wanting more and more and more all the time and never feeling satisfied. And so little men was just something that was kind of almost like a joke that was floated by one of my sisters um, she thought I was going to be like offended, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was appropriate and funny and we ran with it. So I, I'm, a, but it definitely does relate to, 
it's like the like Peter Pan syndrome, you know, not being able to grow up. And a lot of people, especially people in the entertainment industry in LA, like struggle with that. Cause this is like a city and this is a world where it doesn't, you know, most people I feel like they're focused on their career and they want to get their love life and their family life in order. So they don't have to like, that's over here and their career is over here. But in entertainment, it's like a lot of that. There's like a blurred line between those two things. Um, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, sometimes the drama in your life actually like fuels your music or your art, or sometimes it leads to publicity. So, you know, that shit's real uh, here. And I think it kind of keeps people in like a, high school mind state almost a dramatic one. Um, and so a lot of my songs stem from that type of energy that's been swirling around me for the past four or five years. Yeah. The, the record does kind of focus on a number of those topics. And I think, um, as we discussed being like an, an indie artist, do you find that, um, obviously being inside the belly of that beast, like you're not looking at LA from like an outsider's perspective, like you're, to my understanding, smack bang in the middle of it. Do you find yeah, that there's a uh, difficult? Really? <laughs> do you find there's like a difficult yeah. in yeah in kind of getting the right balance of not wanting to piss like for lack of a better term piss off your neighbor um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's 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 interesting. I uh, I have sort of a love hate relationship with LA and I'm tired of making songs about it, but it's just so it's my, (laughs) it's my world. And that's what I, you know, I make music about my authentic experiences. So it's, it's strange. Uh, it's been, I've, I moved here right after high school, you know, so my whole life is really has been here and there is something about it that's brutal. And, you know, it's, it's the constant comparison feeling like you're not good enough. It's the just feeling like you're underappreciated, all that. But then there's also this little magic to it where it's just like right here in this city is so much influence that goes all over the world. And people might act like it's not true, but it's true. You know, it's, it's here every day, every night you can change your life overnight. It's happened to me a few times. Um, and it's, it's no, it's just that level of excitement has always been attractive to me. So I haven't been able to get out of it yet, but I also do like a lot of my music is like me picturing myself when I actually just like buy a farm and settle down. Um, I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> too soon, but my music, it started off that my music was on the outside looking in. And now I would say my music is from the inside looking out. Okay. That's very cool. I um, I I do look forward to the the farmhouse maybe singer songwriter album when that does come when that does drop. I would love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I really would. Uh, The new record has some incredible features on it. Um, One of my favorite tracks was Future Love, which features Sid from the internet and on Future. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of your voices together just seem to kind of blend perfectly like it's a perfect match in terms of like yeah um thank you how did that feature kind of come about and how do you approach who you want on on a record well uh, for, for this album i was actually not really looking for features too much um in the past that's always been sort of a 
you know, been very important. Even in the marketing, like nowadays with Spotify, you can be, you know, artists can work together to promote songs and it, it helped me out a lot in the past. But this was more like I was listening to the internet a lot. I, I start, I love Steve Lacey. He's one of my favorite artists. And then when I was like, oh, Sid is like everything that Sid put around her after I post Odd Future, like I don't even think people care that she was in Odd Future anymore. Um, <laughs> she's like this cultural force that brought so much to life. Um, so we have like a managers, our friends, that type of thing. And when I was thinking about features, we wanted a feature on that song in particular on Future Love. And she just came to mind and she's one of those people that like, I didn't meet her in person uh, before the song. Or I may have met her in passing, but we weren't like personal friends, but she just liked the song and agreed to do it and just got it done for me. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And months go by and they, they won't clear it and maybe they'll do it. But she was just like, did it. It was seamless and easy. And um, it's probably one of my favorite songs on the project. It is a great song. I'm I'm obviously glad to hear that it was such an easy process compared to, mm. um, to other ones. When yeah. you are sitting down to, I guess, write some of these, these songs. And I know that there were different producers throughout this album. I think there was maybe three or four different producers. Mm. Um, what's your preferred method of songwriting? Do you prefer to kind of sit down and, and kind of, uh, work it out by yourself? Do you like the collaboration with other producers and does it, change depending on who is sitting in the producer chair? I think because I have a background in songwriting, I'm pretty, uh, I'm almost like a chameleon. Like I can fit into a lot of different scenarios to write songs. My favorite is probably when I wake up in the morning and a song just comes to me and then I bang it out over here. (laughs) And then, and then I bring it in to the studio and I say, I have these chords, I got this song, and then we build around that. Um, but there's also been times when I just heard a beat by one of my producers that inspired, I was inspired by in the same way. I think the common thread is usually the fundamental foundational idea of the song was just there. And I didn't have to worry about that. Sometimes like... And the opposite of that would be a lot of times I hear a lot of melodies over something and I'm like, got these melodies going, but there's no point. And then I'm like, well, what should the point of the song be? And trying to find the point of the song after it, just chasing after pretty melodies. I try to stay away from that now because it's so, so much better when the intention is just set and then you, then you can make it pretty. Um, So yeah, for me, the process is usually like kind of wait for that lightning bolt of an idea to actually hit you before you are just aimlessly throwing melodies around. That's it. That's smart. That's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a songwriter that um, you've, you've written songs for not just yourself, but you're a songwriter in the sense of that you've written for artists like um, CeeLo Green, I think Ty Dolla Sign, artists like that. Is Does the process or um, technique change at all when you're writing for someone other than yourself? Or is it kind of that you'll then adapt it to, to a different artist? If it happens to be for a certain 
artists in particular, when they bring you to the room, they say you're actually doing this specifically for this person, then that's a fun assignment. I don't get to do that very often. I did that uh, earlier on before Marky Basie, really. In that uh, scenario. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It would really be me, like, tapping into that person like listening to their music, thinking about where they're coming from and fully taking on the part of the artist that I'm trying to write for. Um, so that's really fun. But a lot of times uh, they just, you know, you have a songwriting session and you'll pitch it to various artists. So when I was doing that, that was more just, you know, write the best pop song you can write. When I say pop, I don't mean, I just mean commercial billboard type song. So that's fun too, because I think when I'm making my own music, I'm trying to be authentic to myself. But when I'm writing for other people, I'm trying to give the people what they want only and not worry about, does this feel right for me? It's just about, is this something people would love and love to listen to? Um, so I'm still, I'm still very much involved in that. And I look forward to continuing that because it's, it's fun. You know, I've been working on some stuff for Maroon 5 right now and not to say it's going to like occur yet or anything, but just even just to like, just to write off the cuff like that, it's almost like less pressure than writing for myself. Cause when I'm writing for myself, it has to go, I have like my own standards that a song has to meet for it to be a Marky Basie song. But when it's just like a major artist pop song, it's like, Oh, just do, do that thing. <laughs> and that's, that's really fun. I can imagine, yeah, the pressure's somewhat off if if it's not yourself. Yeah, exactly. Is there anyone uh, other than Maroon, is there any uh, one that you'd love to kind of write for or write with? I mean, I think like the dream as a songwriter would be like if you could contribute like a hook or something cool to like a Drake or Kanye album. Kendrick actually would probably be number one. Um, And then, you know... Then like the major pop, Post Malone, Justin Bieber, Travis Scott. That's like really when you're a songwriter, that's what you're after. As a yeah. as a songwriter, you don't get any any money from streams really. So it's all about like, is this song actually going to be on the radio? Um, which is odd because no one cares about the radio, but that's still where songwriters make their money. So as a writer, you want to work with the biggest artist, and you want you know you want that shit. That's really going to be everywhere so you have to tap into that there's no point in like i want to write a song for some indie artist who's really cool you know like people send me songs all the time like i'm not on the radio right now so like you know 
<laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna help you um unless it's a radio artist so that's that's where i kind of put my energy toward when i'm thinking about just writing that's very cool i can understand that um in the lead up to the record to the release of little men uh you were releasing clips on youtube uh, under the unpolished gold kind of banner which was like a behind the scenes look at the record how important do you find it uh, as an indie artist to be able to show fans like the you know like how the machine works and and how you kind of create this this world i love unpolished gold was really important um it's still going on are we filming unpolished gold right now yeah we're actually I think, is that your sister who looks after Unpolished Gold? <laughs> that is my sister who looks after Unpolished Gold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's something we're really into. Um, she was actually producing a feature film uh, the past month, so we didn't uh, have one. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> uh, but, no, we're, we're actually really excited about that. And I love, you know, bringing people behind the scenes. I'm not, like a shock value type entertainer, but I think the people that are into what we do get really invested in it. And I love to see that kind of grow and I'm trying to open myself up more <clears throat> in that way so that people can see behind us. Cause we're really like, we're like a family. It's like a work family. We go, we go places together. It's, it's a lot of love. It's a good vibe around us. It definitely gets stressful and intense just like any other workplace. Um, and not to say that like, you know, it's, it's professional and it's, it's great in that way, but I think we do have a unique work environment and I've been around a lot of other artist camps and sometimes it's hell, like no one really wants to be there. They're just doing it just as a job. And I think one of the reasons my trajectory has been taking such a long time, but always kind of, I never really, it's still like, if you look at my Spotify, it just goes like this. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the vibe around here has always been positive. And I think people in general like to be around us, like to be at our shows, like to be on tour with us. So <clears throat> Unpolished Gold just kind of gives you a window into what that's about and into the collaborative nature of New Gold Metal, really. So I'm really, I'm excited to keep doing that. And we're actually going to start a podcast from the road where we like talk about experiences on tour live when we go on tour, uh, which is in February. I don't think we have a name for our podcast yet, do we? But we're, we're working on that, but that'll be like, so we'll have unpolished gold and then we'll have this sort of like auditory BTS bus experience that people can have. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to bring the people with us as much as I can. Of course. The, the, the series, it appeared, um, and obviously I know that anything on video can kind of be, you know, people can play it up for the camera, but it does seem genuinely that, like, the band, the crew do seem to really enjoy the company of one another and, and working together. <clears throat> I really, I hope so. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure because, you know, we keep coming back. It's It's funny, like, there has been... It's hard to work with people for a long, long time. You know, it's been like five or six years for some of us as we've needed to kind of like take little breaks from each other. But overall, wherever the music is being made and wherever that, you know, it's being played is always a really good time. And, you know, it's like music is supposed to like bring joy wherever it goes. And if it's not doing that, and if you're not enjoying it yourself, you can't really do it the right way. 
So I try to be mindful of that and make sure that the squad is all on the same page as much as possible and having a good time. And we try to eat good food and drink good drinks and just, you know, (laughs) be merry. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Mark, usually we would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, if there's anything um, that's getting like a thorough uh, spinning on your either record player or your streaming service. Let me see. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've been listening to listening to the Don Tolliver album. <clears throat> really dope. Um, I listened to. There's this band that's coming on tour with me from San Francisco. <clears throat> unknown. Uh, I mean, not unknown, but they're a lesser known band right now. They're called uh, Hot Flash Heatwave. Love them. I've been listening to Demon Days by the Gorillas a lot again. That's a solid album. That very like ahead of its time. Uh, Wizkid, of course. Um, I listened to the new Baby Keem album a lot when it came out. Back on the uh, Black Messiah D'Angelo album. I, I, I listened to that like a few years ago when it came out, but it's too good. So I've been listening to that again. <laughs> Um, let's see a little bit of a new James Blake. Listen to that. Actually, I haven't really got through that all the way though, but always too good for words for the world. Um, then like, um, on the, on the vinyl side, my Spotify is like me listening to my contemporaries and current pop music. And then on the vinyl side, I'm on a like West Montgomery, Bill Evans, uh, trip right now listen to them a lot, lot, like a lot of old jazz music. I always listen to Love Supreme at least like once a week in the morning to just get my mind right. Miles Davis, um, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone, stuff like that. But Wes Montgomery for some reason recently, he's an old jazz guitarist. Covering um, quite a bit of ground there musically with all, yeah, with all of those like, names. I'm probably the most eclectic music listener I know. Too eclectic. It doesn't even make sense. But I had little. <laughs> I think I'm old. I'm old enough now. Where at first it was like growing up was all hip hop, and then it was all like soul music that inspired that hip hop. So I would listen to. If I found out that this song was a Marvin Gaye sample, I would go listen to, you know, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Then it turned into Sam Cooke, Donny Hathaway. Then I had like a Philly soul, Spinners and Delphonics era, and then I got really into Bill Withers, and then. Uh, even like some gospel music. Um, <clears throat> so I was like really into like classic soul music, Eddie Kendricks. Um, and then I like, then I, I lived in Bushwick in Brooklyn with this rock band for a while. <clears throat> I started listening to the clash and the Ramones and television talking heads, like seventies, New York city, New York, New York music. Yeah. Um, so I've just had these phases with different stuff. And then now, in the past five or six years, I happened to live across the street from this is a few years ago, one of the best record stores in the world. It's called the record collector. They have 500,000 records in a place as big as this room. Uh, it's wild, all jazz and classical music. So I would go there. And then, uh, also like a girl I was dating at the time, her dad was a saxophonist and he was, you know, I was listening to this guy, Art Pepper a lot, John Coltrane. And then Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, and all that. So, I, yeah, 
It's cool. Uh, it's sometimes it's like I'm trying to actually like put a boundary up <laughs> and be like, you can't just listen to everything uh, and just kind of get more into what I am into. And I think vinyl is a really good way to do that because it's like, okay, these are your albums. You have 60 albums, listen to every single one 10 times and actually like develop your taste a little better. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I just moved. So I'm excited about that. That's just such a fun thing to do. Like, you know, keep, keep your, keep it small and like refocus and develop your taste as opposed to just like thinking you're cool. Cause you listen to everything. I feel like although like variety is good and it's helpful to have like different influences, it is nice to, um, I think sometimes you can get lost in a bit of a wormhole on like streaming services. And I feel like, as you said, vinyl, having a collection allows you to be focused and actually care about what you really like. Exactly. So I think, and it's cool, the vinyl experience, I try to like, I don't buy new albums on vinyl unless I'm just trying to support an artist. That's like for me to keep jazz and classic soul music mostly. I keep that on vinyl and everything else. Is Bluetooth. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, Mark, thank yeah. you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Um, congratulations again on Little Men. And um, we look forward to uh, to seeing how the record goes and possibly maybe seeing you uh, in Australia at some point. Actually, I can't. It's not an official announcement, but I will be there next year. Beautiful. Please let yeah. us know. We'll show you guys Unfortunately, around. I think it's in your guys' winter though, which sucks, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll sort it out. We'll, we'll try and find somewhere <laughs> yeah. warm. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, appreciate you. Thank you. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Mark E. Basie for his time. Little Men is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the record or buy tickets to his tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Michaela at The Oriole Co. for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guest picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning, with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.